Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly show here at RHD Radio for our 330th episode. As always, I'm your host, Chris Yiannopoulos. The gunslinger in this here saloon today is Charlie Smith, an actor of the fine performing arts. He's a heart-divided Christian that dabbles in the acting territory here and there. How are you going on this fine old day, Smith? Hey, Mr. Christianopoulos. I appreciate being here and being able to share all my thoughts with you all. Of course. Enter in the saloon now of the world-renowned Yasmina Kilkert and Liliana Bernstein, two popular critiques surrounding set and costume design. How are y'all sage hands doing on this fine day? Hey, Mr. Christian, dude. I'm, like, so appreciative of being here in this, like, bar thing. Can't wait to my major knowledge in costume and fashion design. If we're going to be, like, in the olden days, is there tobacco or Hello, what? Mr. Christianopoulos. I'm very excited to be here and talk with you all. Don't mind her, please. She's always like this. Excuse me, ladies. Let's get back on topic. Uh, today, we're chewing the fat over Slingsby Theatre's production of The River That Ran Uphill, performed by The Flying Squad. A new play of which our three gunslingers have some interesting yet contrasting opinions on. Are we ready? Yes, so. Yeah, dude. Of course. Now, before we get into this little old number of a play, I believe our listeners would be mighty interested in learning about this flying squad we're talking about. Why don't you fill us in then, Smith? I'd love to. All right. Let's have a shootout. The flying squad, under the direction of my friend Andy Packer, got together from the love of showing stories around the state. I reckon the squad's a pretty talented team of some of the most diverse artists I've ever seen in a small group for a long time. No, I definitely agree. I mean, it was really awesome to see people of different backgrounds and cultures coming together to tell the story. Exactly. I had a look on their website and I found it interesting that their main focus is to bring storytelling to life by showing a sort of, um, what do you call it? I'd say an immersive experience. Yeah, an immersive experience. After we all watched The River That Ran Uphill, I kind of put together that their players often use household items like milk crates and waterproof tarps. And that shadow play was sick. It looked like they explored that kind of immersive vibe using shadow puppets to recreate these really awesome disembodies, or I guess memories. But don't you think the set just ends up looking, and pardon me, Sheriff, but cheap? I mean, scrap medals, random tarps, and a dress on a coat hanger instead of another actor? I mean, it looked... I'm not sure. Unfinished. <laughs> We've got our first guns drawn. Well, if you think about it, that's how the flying sword story and style have been. But I'm agree with Liliana here. I mean, even the costume design looked kind of cheap. They all had, like, some beige overalls and some white undershirts throughout the entire play. No changes, no nothing. It didn't give me any, you know, oomph. You know, dude? But, yes, Mina, the story itself is set inside the ravaged Vanuatu. I mean, I reckon all they had was cheap materials or whatever. They could find the entire play was formed as if they were telling the story of their struggles. So, of course, they weren't going to have these flashy costumes or a warm, cosy set. Oh, I mean, that does make sense when you think about the idea of the makeshift set design. You know, the aesthetics of the play are incredibly important. Like, it creates the feeling for the story. You wouldn't have full-on dark colours for a story where everyone is incredibly happy, unless you were being ironic. Yeah, and I feel bad for saying they had no oomph. They didn't have any oomph to use. They were sad and poor. I guess they used the set to further connect the audience to the story. Having the tarps as water, rubbish as a fan, pieces of metal held and spun around by the actors, and a dress on a coat hanger instead of a little girl. It gives the audience a personal feeling, because the actors are creating the set as they go along, creating the feeling that the story is theirs. So yeah, it makes sense that if the characters are struggling, the set would as well. Hmm, I see. 
While we're on the topic of design, what aspects of the company's approach to, well, I guess you'd say, audience engagement appeal to y'all? How might you use these in your future productions? Oh, the rubbish flying everywhere was sick and we could feel the fans' air and stuff. It really felt like we were in a cyclone, you know? That's not what a cyclone feels like. How would you know? Isn't this like his story being told, right? I don't even know. Anyway, I thought it was really engaging. And I mean, I'm not sure, but I think if it was his story, it was also cool how they used his language, you know, to make it more personal to him, but to also make it more connected to the people in his culture. Personally, it's something that I would use often unless my goal was to use cultural aspects. I think that I really engaged most when this happened because it felt super homey and sweet, sort of comforting. Yeah, I suppose it was. This play definitely captured the voice of an artist working on it, though. I don't believe there are too many guesses about who it was. Yeah, the performance is the narrative voice of Edgar Jr., the main actor and playwright. A hefty amount of work to do for one man. When he spoke to me afterwards, he said that the play took inspiration from his life as a Neo Vanuatu man and his experience of cycling Pam in 2015. But what I took from the ending of the performance was that it also captures the many losses and issues that the Vanuatu people have dealt with in recent years. Well, they should have made that more clear. How are we supposed to know that he was telling the story rather than just acting? Yeah, and I mean, I was so confused. Like when he was playing soccer, he was just playing soccer. So chill and friendly. I was like, I could vibe with this guy. Someone you could get a drink with, you know? What? Yeah, when he was like, blah, 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 throwing that ball around and looking straight into my eyes. I was like, is he talking to me? Now is he talking to his friends? Am I his friend? I think I was his friend. I hope I was his friend. It's all written in that program that them Slingsbleed folk gave me. I think I'll credit this atmosphere with the audience speaking to them as he constantly broke the fourth wall. He wasn't just acting out what happened. He used the first person except in the script, which really helped me as an audience member to get into the story properly. Oh, I see how they've used that. Uh, sorry, used what? Well, used how he spoke to the audience and how the Flying Squad didn't try to hide how they were creating the set as it went along. It involved the audience to make it more, like, emotionally intense. I like that. Dandy. I must admit that aspect was pretty unique. I, actually, that makes me wonder what one aspect appeal to y'all the most being artists, you know? I like really enjoyed the way that dude used the milk carton bucket thing we all have at home to be boss man. I mean, that was awesome. Like he was just sitting on the side of the set looking like a piece of rubbish pushed away by a cyclone. But then boom, he just became like a man, you know? How'd you even get on this podcast? Hang on, I think it was really cool how they could use actual props to create a whole character. It was awesome. And now after listening to Bernstein talk about the elements of aesthetics back when she talked about the cheap looking set, I actually think the overalls are pretty fitting. Hmm. I liked this shadow play and I thought, wow, that would be super cool to implement into my production. Like in the moment, it really made me think of all the ways I could use shadows in place of actors and sets and props like they did to show flooding, which wouldn't have been possible for them to physically create with the resources they had. Right. What about the other techniques that the designers used to enhance the central ideas? Well, like that Charlie dude said, I guess the entire theme was story and community and having a matching wardrobe to really emphasize that. Like the way that they were all wearing beige and not bringing attention to themselves, it really made me feel like they were a small family in the country far away telling their truth. All right, I think that's enough profound knowledge from our designers. Uh, Charles, we haven't heard from you in a while, please. Bless us with your wisdom, would you? Sure thing, Christianopolis. I mean, let's talk about the eye contact. I reckon the eye contact he maintained with us was intended to make the audience feel sort of included and immersed. I mean, he was staring at me weirdly, if that's what you mean. Yeah, I agree. 
No, that was the acting style he used. What sort of acting style exactly? In some pubs, Edgar acted out a sort of presentational style where he directly spoke to the audience, I guess to communicate his story. Even though he broke the fourth wall, it made me feel really added to the feeling that of the storyteller rather than just an actor up on stage. So, he wasn't angry at me? Of course not. I would be surprised if you knew who you were. Oh, thank God. I thought I did something wrong. Anyway, I noticed that the other actors don't really have any naturalistic characters but instead helped to tell Edgar's story along with his narration. They echoed his emotions and inner thoughts, even the thoughts of the other people who experienced the cyclone. And of course, we saw how fellow actor Joshua Campson jumped in to play Buckethead Boss Man. Buckethead? That sounded like an insult. It is if you make it one. Yeah. You want to go, partner? Yeah! That was the worst... Hey, I don't want any blood in my show today. You lot take it outside, okay? All right, that's going to be a wrap for... Wait a minute. Thank y'all for tuning in today. Uh, unfortunately, the good, bad, and the ugly show will uh, be taking a short hiatus. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks or several months or maybe. Uh, <clears throat> anyhow, I've been your host, Chris Yanopoulos. So long and happy travels.